Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I have such great news. You're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. Okay. Surprise me. Apparently, Donald Trump is to be sworn in today as we're recording this, Thursday, March 4th. He is coming back. He is going to be the president, sworn in, take the White House, kick Joe Biden out, and we'll be back to MAGA world. All right. Hold on one second, because I'm going to go look at Noah, like N-O-A-A, because you know how they track Santa Claus and his sled <laughs> like going across? I'm going to see if they're tracking the Trump plane from Florida, like on its way back to D.C. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, 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 is right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still, have you heard any news? Like, it's, we're taping this Thursday afternoon. Um, I haven't heard anything yet. I'm watching Twitter. You know, I'm waiting for live streams of the Battle Royale. Yep, that's where it would happen. (laughs) Would all go down on Twitter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's this Twitter insurrection. But I'm just waiting because, um, you know, we have all these troops here and razor wire and fences and walls and, you know, protection against the filthy casuals. And, um, you know, I'm just waiting for them to make their move. I mean, none incredible of this, information. That's incredible right. Threats, none, I guess none of this looks made up or concocted at all. We should take this extremely seriously, but the Proud Boys are going to descend into Washington, D.C., haul Joe Biden out on his lazy boy and make sure Donald Trump is back at the Resolute desk or whatever. Do you think that they have Biden in the bunker? Like they just told him you have to stay in the bunker all day or whatever so that we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to we'll get to Biden. Who else? Mm-hmm. Like, do they have a de- have they decided who the designated survivor is? You know, like how when they're all the cabinet officials are together, there always has to be one who's not there just in case there's an attack on all of them at once. So who who do you think that they've secured, you know, in case to run the country after oh. the big insurrection? Hopefully it's Dr. Jill because she. Um, uh. She seems to be. She's got it all going on. I hope it's not Beto O'Rourke, because isn't he? Didn't he? Is he transportation secretary now? Wait, what is he? I thought he was the gun czar. I thought he was going around. Oh yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe he is the AT at AT. That's hilarious. He's at ATF. Come on, man. I don't know. Beto. (laughs) But maybe it's. Well, it's probably not Beto if he's at ATF. Um, I'm sure there's someone awesome waiting to, for a continuity of government. Um, but, and here we are, you know, it's May 4th and our elected officials are not working today because it's too dangerous <laughs> because March 4th, March 4th. How can you forget? You said Mar- May 4th, okay. March 4th. How can you forget this date? <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? I don't know. <laughs> okay then i wonder what the tv news shows are going to be like tonight you know are they gonna you know how are they gonna deliver i mean how what's the the big payoff or do you think they're just gonna ignore it because nothing's gonna happen well i mean here's the thing liz i mean we're joking about this but obviously this is a whole psyop deal that they're continuing not just because of trump and his supporters and the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers and all the real domestic terrorists that Chris Ray stays up at night worrying about, apparently. But this is also to keep Joe Biden completely out of the public view, right? This is the latest excuse for why he it will refuse and cannot schedule a State of the Union address, even though he's way past the date that traditionally that speech takes place. Well, he can do it. He doesn't have to physically be in the same room as everybody. You know, he could do it. I mean, that's all the rage nowadays, right, is like these teleconferences. So he could just do it, you know, on on Zoom or something if if he (laughs) 
were really interested in doing it, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, but I suspect that he's not interested in doing it. It's very, <clears throat> it's very unusual um, historically. I don't think, I think in 1977, Jimmy Carter held off after he was elected, but only because Gerald Ford had just given a speech before Congress. And so he didn't really need to do it and give them an update. So I don't know what's going on, um, but I, I do have some ideas of what's going on. It's almost like they are keeping Joe Biden out of the public eye. Um, yes. And actually watching his performance the past week or the past week, you could see why not only last Friday night, uh, did he just give this wow of a kind of speech where he looked down and said, what am I doing? He got Sheila Jackson Lee's name wrong, which can you imagine if Trump called her Shirley instead of Sheila? Oh, oh, oh. right. Then then do you realize that Saturday he left once again to go to his home in Delaware on Saturday to return Monday afternoon back to D.C. So this is his second weekend in what, six weekends where he has gone home to Delaware instead of working at the White House. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Did they, yeah. do we get any reason for that or just, what, what, just shut up? Liz, what the hell? You don't ask questions, okay? You just go along with it. Well, what was this, this crap? I think it was yesterday or Monday where, or Tuesday where he was, did a press, like did some kind of a, appearance and then said okay now i'll take questions if that's what i'm supposed to do and they basically just cut it off <laughs> fade that's to black not at all that's not at all weird like that is not at all weird at all no and then the other day when he you know so joe biden for those who don't pay close attention as we do he pops up like 14 15 minutes a day max he gives his scripted speech where he says the same thing about coronavirus and masks and pulls out now his little card that he keeps in his suit pocket. You know, he used to keep a running tally of soldiers who were killed and wounded um, overseas. Those people have been forgotten. Now he carries around a a running total of all the people who've died of COVID because that's not at all creepy. But anyway, he um, gave his little speech, walked out. um, The press got off one question and then asked him about his briefing on the border. Did you have a briefing? He acted like he wasn't sure what the question was. Then he said, oh, yeah. And the reporter said, well, what did you learn? A lot. And then he walked off. Okay. Yeah, that's super, super kosher. Um, All right, then. Well, you got to wonder who is actually running things. That's a good question. Who Who is running things? I mean, Ron Klain is his chief staff. So mm-hmm. do you do you know anyone who voted for Ron Klain? I don't, but <laughs> oh my God. you got to. Well, I know. I mean, Ron it's Klain. it's very it's very unusual. Um, and typically you can have a president like Obama who wasn't really accessible to the media, um, but he did come out and every now and then and he spoke. And, you know, everybody kind of knew he was in charge and Trump was extremely available, even though everybody just called him a liar and he was hiding everything. And um, but he was extraordinarily available, like every day he was kind of wander out, spend two hours <laughs> doing like open mic night with these vultures. Exactly. Um, but it just doesn't seem like Biden is very available. And you've got that Jen, Jen Psaki, mm-hmm. um who Derek Hunter calls her Ginger Goebbels. It makes me laugh when he says that, Ginger Goebbels. And she's out there, just she's just a liar. You know, she's spinning away. But, you know, we're not counting lies anymore. It's all for good cause. They're flubs. They're just, they're flubs. Why are you calling them oh, lies? you know Joe. You know good old Joe. Oh, it's nothing bad. That's just That's our Joe. He, That's not what he meant. Here's what he meant. <laughs> He did. <laughs> um, Didn't he say the N-word like a couple like last week? He kind of mumbled. It sounded like he said the N-word. Uh, Can you imagine if Trumpet did that? He Ugh. did. Oh, I missed that. 
Yeah, it was obvious. Look, I mean, obviously, I'm not a big Biden fan. I saw it and I was like, okay, he just kind of mumbled or, you know, got his words jumbled up like he does. Um, But you've got to know that when if that were Trump who had made that little fumble, oh, my gosh, it would have been crazy. But there's there's a lot of double standards now we're seeing. I think everybody's is used to it. So people aren't as crazy about it. I mean, you could spend all day long just, you know, making parallels between this is what happened when Trump said the same thing. This is what happened. You know, it's like the kids are exhausting now. They're well, it is exhausting and it's 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 useless because we're not having a we're not engaged in a good faith discussion about these issues. Um, No the our political opponents don't care you know they don't care they're just in it for power and so yes they have all the power and so they can make double standards and shut up end of discussion so um, okay you you just brought up a good point though about the kids in cages they're not in cages anymore apparently they're in containers julie and that's not (laughs) at all the same containers You know, if I had to choose between my kids, putting them in a cage or a container, I definitely would say cage because obviously you can get some oxygen that way. But what about, um, what about, uh, toilet water? What about drinking the toilet water? Where, where do you stand on that? Exactly. Well, apparently now, as we talked last week, you know, these are just beautiful facilities painted with little pictures of butterflies and the kids can play basketball. You know, our kids can't play sports, but the migrant children (laughs) are allowed to apparently. Right. And they don't have to be tested for COVID. They, uh, you know, aren't harassed about masks and they're not getting they don't have to do virtual school. Only American kids are being tortured that way. So. Right. There's that happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, Liz, but- Politico did come out this week. I think to the extent that they can push back, Politico ran this whole article about how the Biden White House will not release his schedule every day and also how he has not yet held a White House uh, press conference in the briefing room, which Politico sort of just writes off as a transparency issue, not that the man, most powerful man in the world's can only work 15 minutes a day. Well, let me, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought this up. So I am on the white house correspondence email list and I get all of the Mm. updates from the white house press corps. And those are the people that are always with the president. There's always someone on duty on for print, for video, for all of it, not all of them at once, but they, they, there's one person that goes, gets you know, takes notes, reports back, and it's spread out to all the press corps. So I'm on that list. And um, I was getting five to 10 emails a day. And every night I would get the schedule the night before for Trump. You know, the president has his, his, you know, has security briefing. The president meets with the vice president. Not everything is on there. You know, there's obviously private, there's a lot of private things that go on, but you know, his public schedule was his public schedule every single day. Donald Trump, we saw Donald Trump walking in the hall, boom, out to the press corps, you know, every little thing. And so mm-hmm. when Biden won and and it's not administrate, it's not run through an administration. The list is run through the White House press corps. So it shouldn't matter who is the president. The information that goes to the White House press corps is the same. So when Biden wins, I didn't get any email. I got no emails. And I know this because every morning when I write my morning greatness at amgreatness.com that's posted at 6 a.m. every morning um i would include a schedule for the president this was on the president's agenda that's day. right oh, he's gonna he have did. lunch with mike pompeo and then he's gonna go and dedicate a post office or you know he's gonna award someone whatever but i put it down there's always three or four things and then of course when he went overseas are very very detailed well anyway so i'm not getting anything and i'm thinking i bet they went through the list and they just cleaned it out or whatever. I mean, maybe they didn't find me worthy. Um, I, I'm not on the list under my name, so that's probably unlikely, okay, but that's good. That's um, a smart move, but, but still, but still. And then I talked to someone who is on the Hill. So we'll, we'll say a source on the Hill told me that they're just not, they're not doing it. 
because I thought, wow, I got booted off. That's terrible. Um, I really liked being on the list because I could see what was going on and what to expect for the day. And also just for news purposes, like, oh, there's going to be a big thing this afternoon because the president is holding a small business summit or just whatever. And it turns out that they're just not releasing the schedule. Um, wow. And remember, now remember when during Trump, how many articles did we hear about Trump? He just sits in his in his residence until noon and and channel watches surf, Fox, watches news. Fox News and and, Net, and uh, Newsmax and OANN and and you know what? And he's drinking Diet Coke and having two scoops of ice cream. That's all we heard. Taco and Bell now, and Taco Bell and Taco Bowls and well done steak. Which let's be honest, <laughs> ew. That that if you they wanted to impeach him for that, I would not object. <laughs> I totally <laughs> agree. That is do not eat a steak well done. God with never. ketchup on it, whatever. <laughs> um, but you know we heard all about all this stuff, and now we are uh, the president. Uh, whatever, but forty six. We'll take a take a page out of the Democrats' playbook. We'll say forty six. We're we're not getting any information. Um, it's it's a uh, definitely concerning and i don't think we're at a place anymore where people think that the political agenda and the political ideas are any ever put forth in good faith you know that right. the media was really concerned about trump not getting into the office by noon no they just wanted to beat him up for whatever reason so in a way it's not surprising based on you know the current power dynamic in in the in the United States right now, but on the other hand, I mean the fact is we 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 do really need some leadership. Um, you know we're recovering from this self-inflicted pandemic economic tragedy and tra- you know education tragedy that our children have been without an education for a year. Although considering the kinds of education in public schools, I'm not sure, sure. that is necessarily a bad thing. But you know we need a leader. And we were promised all sorts of things during the campaign. And, um, you know, where's Joe? Where's Joe? Silver alert. Silver alert. Oh, my gosh. You have to say what that is. You can't just say people don't know what that is. Now I'm going to give away my next column. If I see someone writing this, I'm going to know you were listening and you (laughs) You stole it. You want to tease it. You're teasing your next column. Okay, so this is legit a thing. So, you know, we spent some time in Florida, and one day we're driving on uh, 75, the big interstate in on the uh, west coast of Florida, and I keep and I see this thing called a silver alert. I'm like, what is a silver alert? So my husband explains that it's for like an old person when they like wander off and disappear. They get in a car and nobody can find them. They don't Horrible. know where they're going. So I'm thinking, of course, because he's my husband, he's a jokester that he's making. This up. Well, turns out that is a legit thing. So you will see the silver alert, especially in Florida for obvious reasons, of people just like wandering off, old people and their family, like, where the hell did you know Howard go? He's gone. We he took the Oldsmobile. We have to find him. And so that's basically where we are with Joe Biden. It's like a silver alert every day. We have no idea what he's doing. Usually he doesn't even appear until, say, late afternoon. But, Liz, can you imagine? I didn't realize he was out of town again this week. Can you remember I Trump? No way. And even when Trump was golfing in the weekend, if he went to Mar-a-Lago or where I think he only went to Camp David a few times, but he was still working. He was doing pressers before he got on the plane to leave. He was having meetings like you could still see him. There was still like no, a constant you know, I presence. know that. And you know how I know? It's because I was getting emails all the time from the White House press corps about what was going on when he was at Bedminster or Mar-a-Lago or somewhere else. Oh, the president's on his way to his golf course in Virginia. Oh, the president's on his way back. You know, there's a constant there. There has to be a constant presence of the press documenting the presidency. Do you remember early on? Right after he was inaugurated, Trump was inaugurated, and he like skipped away from the press and went to the hotel, and there was just like a level eleven meltdown by the media, screaming that he had like escaped their eye. This was early on in his administration, where he had gone whatever off piss or whatever they say the ski and skiing skiers say, you know, off the route that he just like <laughs> snuck out, <laughs> and they went absolutely bonkers. Um, 
you know, but it's 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 dangerous for the country. I mean, we can talk about how biased the coverage is, but at this point, is that is there anyone who thinks that we're playing fair? No, we're not playing fair. And if you listen to the propaganda artists in the mainstream media, you're going to get propaganda. But the fact is that, you know, we should we should kind of know what the president is doing. And like I mentioned, you know, we're in a particularly sensitive place right now because the economy's been damaged. Our kids are, you know, lost a couple of years of education, at least one year of education. And more than that, socialization. You've turned a bunch of kids into pho- freaky phobes now. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, wh- where's our leader? Well, okay, so he allegedly authorized these strikes in Syria last week. He hasn't faced one question by, from that at all. Uh, he hasn't we haven't. No. And I think there were even some Democrats, I believe, uh, Senator Tim Kaine and some others who wanted to know more. But look, we're not going to because they're all invested in having elected him, especially the media. So we know that the reporters, the White House press corps is not going to come out all of a sudden and actually disclose to the public. Um, This is weird. We're like approaching our, you know, what is it now? Seventh week of the Biden presidency. And we don't know what this guy does all day, except for a very scripted 15 minutes. He doesn't answer questions. If he does, he looks confused. Yesterday, someone managed to get a question off to him about Texas uh, and Mississippi opening up. He called anti-mask people Neanderthals. What does that even mean? That's that makes no sense. sense. Did Neanderthals, I mean, were Neanderthals supposed to wear masks and they didn't. And so that's how they invented fire. Primitive? Like, are they primitive? Like what? It does. It's like a non sequitur. Um, Although I'm all for more Neanderthals in our country right now. I would rather have them than say like the, you know, drag drag queen story hour or that Rachel divine, whatever her name is. So uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm confused, but you know, okay, well, but that's good, right? It's good that the states are going, this happened under Trump. We learned that states can do whatever the fuck they want and right. they disregard federal law. And so, all right, well, you know, remember in the eighties, the greatest gener- the greatest decade um, when we would, <laughs> we would watch those after school specials about about like teenagers and their parents. And then the father came in and he like found marijuana in the kid's drawer. And he's like, what is this? And the kid goes, I learned it from you, dad. Well, that's where, did, who where taught we are. You like, this, right? Who taught you did? Well, okay, now we're there. So it's like, oh, I don't know what, what um, Abbott in Texas is doing or DeSantis in Florida or some of these other states. There's probably like 10 or 15 states that are like, yeah, we're done. We're, right. we're tapping out of this bullshit. You know, the vaccine is out there. God knows how many people have actually been exposed to coronavirus because we don't really know um, because there are people who were exposed to the virus and either had no symptoms or didn't have bad enough symptoms that they needed any medical, you know, they didn't need to get on the coronavirus grid. And, you know, I think a lot of people were just really asymptomatic. So we don't know how many, what, what the real level of for herd immunity is, if that's your concern, we just really don't know. But, you know, we know that, um, cases are down and that probably has something to do with adjusting the PCR levels of the testing that was recommended by the World Health Organization on no coincidence, I'm not kidding, January 20th mm-hmm. um, and hospitalizations are down and deaths are down. And so, all right, then, you know, let's go. We don't we, these people whose lives have been ruined, the yeah. businesses, the families, the alcoholics that can't go to AA the kids who have no outlet or social outlet, it's, oh, it's done. You know, if you're worried, then protect yourself. But that's, that's it. I think you're absolutely right. They can sense now that the tide has completely turned. I credit, really credit Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for sticking to, not just sticking to his guns, but I mean, he has liberated his own state, but he's also, you know, leading Uh, the liberation of other states. There's no way that Greg Abbott, a Republican allegedly, who is completely, there's little difference between him and a lot of other Democratic governors who've really kept his state shut down, parts of it anyway, for no reason, and a mask mandate. 
I mean, Ron DeSantis really deserves almost all of the credit for what's happening now, the tide turning, and they can sense this. So that's why you had Biden lecturing about masks yesterday. The CDC director, uh, Rochelle Walensky, tweeted out yesterday, you know, I know people are fatigued by this, um, but we really have to keep our guard up. You know, we're not there yet. We're going to get there someday. But people are tuning are tuning them out. I checked because occasionally I will try to watch their um, coronavirus updates every week. I mean, they only get a few thousand views on. And this is Fauci, Walensky and Andy Slavitt, who's just a boob. But anyway, he's he sort of runs the show over there. Um, people are tuning them out. People are moving on. Uh, you know, the weather's getting nicer and. People have been vaccinated. Older people are ready to travel. They're, you know, ready to go out to eat. They're ready to go to church. And they can sense that this is over, but they still have so much political leverage that they need to, you know, eke out of this crisis that it's, I mean, the COVID bill is number one. And so well, the government never gives back. You know, if you notice, we never get things removed. You know, we, we don't get things rolled back. Um, and we don't get the government ever giving up power. So they're going to stretch this out as long as they can to, you know, to keep a grip on people. I mean, the media is still up, you know, working on the scaremongering. Oh, there's variants or why it's too soon, you know, to, you know, uh, authorities are worried that the opening up is too soon. And, you know, they're they're still working it. But I, I do think people are are over it. They're, they're just sick of it, especially because, you know, there's a vaccine and it's really hard to make the case that um, if you've been vaccinated and if you've been, I guess, what is it? Two weeks after vaccination, you're fully protected as much as mm -hmm. you can be by this vaccine, that vaccine, then how do you justify any of this? And <sighs> They the can't, thing, and that's the, what they're struggling the, with, right? I mean, that's why Fauci's like, well, even if you get vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask and no, just socially fuck you distant. Then. I mean, it's yep, that's ridiculous. You, I right. mean, yep. you can't say that getting the vaccine is not going to change anything and then be like, why aren't people getting a vaccine? Why should they get a vaccine if it's not going to change anything? You know, you still have to social distance. You still have to wear a mask. You still are going to keep everything closed down. Then what's the upside? Um, but one thing I think is, important to remember is that we got this vaccine because Donald Trump was president. Mm -hmm. If Donald Trump was not president, it would they would spend five years keeping us at least locked down as they drug drug their feet on getting a vaccine. You know, Trump is the one who did warp speed and sped up this process so we could get a vaccine as soon as possible because he wanted things to go back to normal. But I don't think it would have been that way if there was a Democrat in or Hillary that was was in power. What do you think, Julie? Yeah, that's a really good point, Liz, that they would have dragged this out as long as possible. I mean, Trump, obviously, because we're conservatives and anti-regulation and, and speeding this up, they would have, you're right, they would have seen continued to to drag this out for years and just say, oh, and I mean, it would have benefited the pharmaceutical companies, too, because they could have charged the government for all of their costs, you know, R&D, even though a lot of them just still got plenty of government funding and contracts for their vaccines. But yeah, that's a great point. Um, so now what? Now Biden all of a sudden is moving the, not the goalposts, but his deadline First, he said they were going to have enough vaccines for every adult by the end of June. Then the other day, now all of a sudden he's coming out, oh, we'll have enough by the end of May. But I also feel like there's vaccine fatigue that definitely older people, um, and this is anecdotally too, I see older people, we, we know who really haven't gone anywhere in 10 months, and now they're finally venturing out to go see their grandparents or, whom, or grandchildren or whoever they haven't seen. But I... I don't sense a lot of people in our age group are eager to get the vaccine at all. Certainly would never recommend my kids get it or anyone in an age group that's not vulnerable to this virus. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> I think that younger people um, were primarily concerned about getting it and giving it to their older parents more right. than they were 
about themselves. I don't know. I'm just guessing uh, because I think there are different groups of there are different camps in each age cohort. So I think if you're the younger people tend to be super hysterical, at least. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm on Reddit a lot and those people are just bananas. I mean, they're fucking crazy. So younger um, meaning millennials, not like. Yeah, millennials. Like, but I course. think the us Gen Xers, you know, the kids, the latchkey kids. You know, the mm-hmm. kids that were like, come back when your street lights are on. And, you know, we were doing all sorts of crazy. We didn't ride our, our, our bikes with helmets. You know, that group of people. We didn't know? even use the handlebars, let alone no, it was helmet. When I think of the crap I did in my neighborhood when I was a kid, you know, a younger kid, not like a teenager, but just when I was playing around my friends with our BMX bikes and, you know, building, building crazy ramps and, you know, just <gasps> stuff Skateboard that ramps. I built never one. be allowed, nope. never be allowed, you no. know, just crazy stuff that we did. And, you know, I think that generation is probably not as excited to get it or maybe some of the women, because isn't it the women that are the shrieking Karens? I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's a, our generation. OK, here's a question I keep thinking about. What if they tried this shit on us in the 80s? Like, what if. When we were in high school and college, us cool, the greatest generation ever, Gen Xers. What if they tried this shit at our college no. campus, for example? No way. Oh, your this Greek life no is way. so You can't have keggers, like none of this. Can you see? No. There's no way, right? They no. wouldn't have even I mean, tried. It, no. It's just, I'm laughing because it's just like <laughs> that just when. How would you even do that would just not happen? I mean, not. I think because even our parents were more disc- disc- discerning to buy into that in the first place. You know, yeah. I think my parents would not have been they would have gone down with like a pitchfork and and a torch, you know, to school and been like, oh, you're going to open, you know, you like, open right now. You mother. My right. kid is getting the education, you know, that I, I, I think that this is just a totally different we have just a totally different culture now where um, especially because of the internet and the pervasiveness of the internet that people can doom scroll all day long and get freaked out. And next thing you know, they're dipping their wonder bread in bleach and they're wearing like scuba diving gear to go to the grocery store to get the bread that they then put in bleach when they get home because of the virus, you know, it's just a different, it's just a different cohort, I think. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, I you just don't see. I mean, I guess they're rebels if they're you know helping Antifa or BLM tear down a city. But God forbid you want to be a rebel to like have ten people in your apartment, your college apartment, and you know do some beer bongs and whatever. Then they won't do that. It's well, there's obviously a hierarchy of um, you know virus restrictions, and we learned that social justice like the proper social justice activities does take precedence over virus lockdown so yes we learned that with the blm riots and stuff so that was okay um you know but just like other things like let's say making a living or um you know keeping your kid from making a noose and hanging themselves in their bedroom like that right that's if that's not that's not no, a priority no. as social justice. No, no, not at all. Um, so speaking of social justice and law enforcement and, you know, the rules, who who gets prosecuted and who gets punished and who gets protected. Um, Christopher Ray testified this week on Capitol Hill to the Senate useless Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. And he uh, it, again, unfortunate that that Donald Trump did he appointed this guy to begin with and didn't fire him when he had the chance. But he was up on Capitol Hill again, stoking the fear about what happened on January 6th and claiming that the country's greatest security threat is domestic terrorist extremist domestic terrorists. And of course has to throw in there the old white supremacy, uh, which he couldn't really explain or detail what that meant. So, uh, Our FBI continues, like our DOJ, to be weaponized and act as the law enforcement consigliere, so to speak, of the Democratic Party. Did you did you watch Christopher Ray all of it or just parts of it? Unfortunately, yes, I watched I watched it all. 
I know. Um, and it was too early. I couldn't even drink. I was like, this is torture. It's never too early when you have to watch a congressional hearing to drink. Like True. just that the rules are different. I want the name of the person who told Donald Trump that he should put Chris Foray in charge of the FBI. We need to know who did that. Um, I agree. Yeah. That dude is that is a hot mess. And we were just given all sorts of lies, <clears throat> all sorts of, um, you know, squirmy, squirmy answers. And um, this isn't the first time that there's been a congressional hearing where there's allegedly some kind of oversight when the person testifying knows that there's actually no consequences for what they're saying or what they're doing or how they're doing their job. In theory, the Congress, which is the allocates our resources, are supposed to appropriate to the agencies on an individual basis so that if you were to have an agency that wasn't doing a good job, wasn't following through, wasn't, you know, executing the way they're supposed to execute, then Congress could punish them by withholding their funding. The, the Congress doesn't work like that anymore because the Congress is never in regular order. So we're constantly passing these giant packages, right? And so mm -hmm. they package things like FBI funding with um, food for the troops. And then they're like, oh, you don't want the troops to eat? You know, so, of course, everybody votes for the package. So Christopher Ray knows he can get get up. He can get up there and he can say absolutely anything he wants. And it doesn't matter. And see, that's very frustrating. And you brought that up to me because I like most Americans just assume things, the checks and balances are still in play that, yes, the legislative branch, which holds the purse strings and is supposed to oversee, give some kind of oversight to the executive branch, that that actually still happens in America. Apparently, that's not the case. No. And so when when these deep state operatives know that, how do you think that affects what their job is and how they do their job? They don't, you know, they don't have any they don't have any fears. They're not, they're not worried. They're not worried because they're not going to be held accountable. They're not worried that, you know, someone like, uh, you know, Devin Nunez or no, he's on uh, Intel, but someone on the appropriations committee is going to be like, Hey, you know what? I don't think I like your answer. So maybe we're going to cut your travel budget down $5 and the FBI isn't going to be traveling around anymore. Um, that is the, in theory, that's how the government is supposed to work. That's how, that's why it's called oversight. I mean, Congress has oversight over executive agencies. Yeah. I feel it, like it's in the constitution somewhere, but I don't know. I it, went to public schools. So I might be making seem, that up. Yeah, no, you're right. It rings the bell. It does seem like something important I learned from Schoolhouse Rock. And yet <laughs> that's not how things are in practice. And so it's basically like, there's no accountability. There's no accountability. Well, what I did like, and this is why I envy the Democrats so much, they're evil people, but their political skills are just spot on. So Sheldon Whitehouse just laid in, body slammed Chris Ray the other day, really threatening him to the extent that he can't threaten him, to your point. But you could tell Ray was was pretty not put off, but he was shocked at White House blasting him for refusing to answer questions that they have asked of the FBI. Ha ha ha. Okay, Sheldon Whitehouse, where have you been for the past four years? Because that's all that Comey and then McCabe and Chris Ray did is block every effort to try to get documentation or answers about what happened with Crossfire Hurricane, etc. But he was like, hey, dude, I, we hold the purse strings. Like I, we know how to cut your budget. We know if you don't, if, if you're not accountable to us, the Democrats, we will make you pay. It was nice to at least hear, even if it was political theater, it was nice to it, hear someone finally say that. And Ray was like, uh, 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 okay. It's totally okay, theater. I, I mean, there's this kind of gentleman's agreement among these derp staters that, that they all play a part like in a stage production, but nobody really means what they say. And so the Congress, uh, the Democrats and like the Senate, people like Mitt Romney and Ben Sass and Collins and Murkowski that are 
you know, really Democrats or vote with the Democrats, um, there's this kind of understanding that they only go so far um, with their pretend display of, you know, oversight and accountability, but not too far. And then the, you get the same on the other side where the FBI says, oh, yes, you're right. We'll get that. We'll get that to you. Right. We'll get we'll we'll put a written response in. And, you know, then someone like Devin Nunes, you know, uh, forwards a bunch of um, stuff over to the DOJ saying these people all lied under oath and there's no prosecution. And then, you know, what happened to the people that lied about um, Brett Kavanaugh during Kavanaugh. the hearing? What happened? What did Lindsey Graham right. do about that? Nothing. And then, you know, the DOJ, okay, yes, here you go. Here's a Scooby snack. And then we just never hear about it again. And then never. what, and what, what gets done? Did, did, did you know, did Congress cut the DOJ budget because they're just not going to enforce the law about people coming up and lying before Congress? No, of course not. Nothing happened. So there's this kind of like wink, wink, like I'm going to put on a performance and everything. There was a really good um, podcast with um, on M Michael Malice had with a person that I used to like and did actually donate $50 and used to get Christmas cards from and have a t-shirt uh -oh. for this person. I know who this um, is. I know name, who it is. I know. His name is Justin Amash. But God, I don't like dork. him anymore. I can't believe up. that. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. He used to be cool, but whatever. I don't want, you that's not why I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about this. But what Amash said that was very interesting is he said, these congressional hearings are entirely scripted and that every representative gets like their script before the hearing. And it's like, okay, this is your part. You're, you're reading for the role of, you know, like that's what he said. And I believe it. he goes, look, they didn't like me because I would, I refused to do their script. And he said, that's why he was always like the, at the end, you know, when they were asking right. questions, because he said he was like one had seniority on one of the committees, but they were like moved him to the end because he was obviously going to break out of the, the role. And so that's something to remember when you watch these congressional hearings, and you're like, why are they asking stupid questions? You know, why? Why is Chuck Grassley, you know, not doing this? Why aren't they pushing him on that? Because it's all a performance. It's all a performance. For that's people very, to think yeah. that there is a process and there isn't. That's very disheartening to hear, but obviously true. Um, what was also disheartening, aside from White House's outburst, which was still it was still gratifying to see somebody confront that little weasel, Chris Ray, but um, Lindsey Graham offering more resources to the FBI directly asking Chris Ray, do you have all the resources you need Ugh. to hunt down the white, white supremacists who are terrorizing the country? And of course, Ray's like, oh, yes, absolutely. You know, we are the fine men and women of the FBI. We do the best we can, but we could always use more. And Lindsey Graham's like, well, we're going to work on that in appropriations. We're going to make sure you have more resources. I, uh, what? What do you say to that? It's just, well, really? It, it, look, all I know is that <clears throat> they had 15 agents post haste down at the NASCAR when Jesse Smollett said he, or not just, well, the same, the, <laughs> Jesse, the NASCAR Bubba, dude, right? Smollett, uh, Wallace. What? Yeah. Bubba, Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace said that there was a noose and they had 15 agents down there real fast. Um, to get to the what bottom about of Lady it, Lady Gaga's dogs. I heard that Lady was Gaga's dogs, which priority. as obviously the first thing that cropped into my head is, oh, this is this is because she's saying at the Biden inauguration, not because she has fancy designer dogs that you know can fetch like three or four thousand dollars or something a dog, but whatever. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, this is like the weird dystopia that we're living in right now, uh, where things that seem insignificant to the average person are, of course, great threats to the smarter people that are in control of everything. Yeah, it's, um, and you know, Liz, I've been carefully following and researching the uh, DOJ's investigation into the January 6th, they call it capital breach case, but they're now at 300 people who have been arrested with various crimes. Um, they keep adding enhancement crimes to uh, offenders and 
working feverishly towards trying to build sedition cases against a few of these defendants. Um, but, you know, I keep going through these documents and the idea that we have a government that now uses uh, someone's skepticism or doubt about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election as evidence of wrongdoing. This is really criminalizing, you know, th a thought crime. It's it, this keeps popping up in all the documents that I look at. And, you know, again, we can complain about where are the Republicans on this. They don't even know what the hell is going on. I mean, I don't even think that they realize that these FBI agents are hunting down people, arresting them, taking U.S. Marshals to transport them to Washington, D.C., even though there's no in-person trial or anything going on. Um requesting that people be held, including an 18-year-old being held uh, in jail without any possibility of being released uh, on bond or bail. Uh, this is really infuriating in a at what is happening with our Justice Department with this investigation. What's the story with the 18-year-old? Like, what's the pretense? So I'll have a column up on this Thursday night, Friday, depending on when this comes up. But uh, he's 18 years old. He went to Washington, D.C. with his family, his parents, who now uh, there's a chance that they could be charged as well. Even though he's 18 years old, he's in high school, um, being charged as an adult, obviously, with adult crimes. They also, the prosecutors, the assistant U.S. attorneys, are blasting his parents for not doing a better job monitoring his social media accounts, suggesting that he aided, that they aided and abetted his quote-unquote violence at the Capitol, which he wasn't violent, um, and, you know, basically accusing them of being bad parents, even though they're not. They've been married 20-some-odd years. They have two other children. The wife was a veterinarian. She quit her job to homeschool the kids. He's never been in any sort of trouble. Like he got in trouble with the cops for driving his truck too fast with a Trump flag on it. Go figure. Um, well, wait, what not, did he do? Like what? What? So he's been he charged like, with 12 hmm. counts, 12 counts. Um, half of them are felonies. But this is what they're doing. They're repeating charges with weapons. Right. They're trying to create this whole this whole weapon, you know, the armed insurrection, which we now know wasn't armed with any firearms. Um, three different weapons charges. Not that he used them. He took a tiny, a small baton into the Capitol with him. He had it in his possession. Never used it. Never struck an officer with it. It didn't even pound on a desk with it. Just had it. So they've charged him with three weapons violations for just having a they call it a deadly or dangerous weapon. It's not deadly or dangerous weapon in a restricted area, deadly or dangerous weapon on government property, deadly or dangerous weapon in the Capitol building. So they they pile on these charges, even though he didn't use it, um, various trespassing charges and one count of assaulting, impeding or resisting a police officer. But the evidence is extremely thin on that count. They're looking at anyway, my column is pretty detailed into what they're doing. But as I said, it's not. So he has been he was arrested on February 5th, held in solitary confinement for three weeks because of COVID, allegedly transported to a jail in Oklahoma. I believe I'm trying to get confirmation if he's on his way to Washington, D.C. as well, like they're doing to a lot of these defendants. And the government is arguing, they argued in court hearing on Wednesday, that he is a danger to society. He is a public safety menace, and he needs to be kept behind bars until his trial starts in May at the earliest. Just for just for being in the in the Capitol building and he had like a baton. Well, it's uh, right. Right. And he so he went in. He didn't do anything violent. They claimed that he pushed a police officer. The evidence and the charging documents does not support that at all. Um, but even so, OK, fine. Charge him with what he did wrong. He was in an area he shouldn't have been in. He went into the speaker's chamber. He should not have been there. Fine. They showed video of him being in there. Remember, the cops were in there with the crazy organic shaman guy and he was yeah, screaming yeah, yeah. in a bullhorn. And then they had the photographers taking pictures of him. So he was in there. But otherwise, he they just have video pictures of him kind of wandering through the Capitol. And then he left. 
and they're using his own social media posts and this video from the New Yorker to press charges against him. Again, press charges for what he did wrong. A little baton he didn't even use that's a dangerous or deadly weapon. How? I mean, these are the kind of weapons charges, though, that they're concocting and adding on, repeating the charges, too. But the bottom line is he's an 18-year-old teenager, and they want him incarcerated like he, you know, shot up a a grade school or something. Wow. Um, Okay, well, uh, how do you think that this is going to... How do you think this is going to play out, all of these? Because what do they have, 200? They're arresting. I mean, I think they're still in the process of, of finding people. Um, so how do you think that this is going to end? Are they going to drag this out for like three or four years? Or what's what, what's going to happen? Are they going to get oh, every single so. person that was there? Yeah, I mean, they've already arrested 300 people, including people, as I've written about, who weren't even in the Capitol building. I mean, this was the guy who... Uh, the Kui Griffin, who ran Cowboys for Trump, remember the guy on horseback? He was yeah. charged with just being in a restricted area. He never even went inside of the Capitol building. But yet they charged him and also suggested to the judge, the prosecutors, that he be held behind bars because he is a threat, because he does not believe that Joe Biden was legitimately elected president. Therefore, he will not follow the rules, the laws of the country. And so... They should not be released before trial begins. That's the kind of argument that the U.S. Department of Justice is making against our own citizens, nonviolent, by the way, most of them. Um, but that's the kind of charges that the cases that they're building. So, no, they're not going to stop. There's no way they have to keep this investigation alive and going. Merrick Garland in his confirmation hearings last week said this was his number one priority if he became attorney general. It would be his very first briefing. Um, And so this is not going away, but it's extremely dangerous territory and it's destroying people. Yet again, here we have tens of thousands of peaceful protesters who did so much damage, actually killed people, caused billions in damages. People still haven't recovered. Cities are still boarded up. Um, But yet. You know, we saw today this uh, reporter who's looking at what's happening in Portland and the Justice Department keeps dropping all of their charges against uh, the Antifa people who've seized that city for what, a year, two years? I don't even know how long. Well, <clears throat> there's got to be public outrage over this. And I think that the public is is too afraid to get angry about this because they don't want to get in the crosshairs of right. this this dragnet for, I guess, people who don't think the right things. Um, and I'm not sure how you're go- how, what kind of case you can make against somebody who wasn't even at the Capitol but was in Washington, D.C. But <clears throat> if they're bringing these people into D.C. to put them in front of a D.C. jury, there's your answer. That's right. I mean, that's why they're running all of these cases through Washington, D.C. I mean, you know this, you're there. It's the same beltway uh, judicial system that, you know, ensnared every Trump associate that they possibly could through the book at them, through them in solitary confinement, um, you know, harassed Mike Flynn and his family for, what, three years or so, got lectured by all of these judges. So this is really bad news for anyone who is arrested or charged in any way. Um, And this is just a pure political prosecution. That's what it is. I mean, they are hunting down Trump supporters, Republicans, anyone who dares to question what happened in 20 in the 2020 election. That's what this is about. Well, we're in for a bumpy ride. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't expect to have any oversight on this, um, which is frustrating. And, you know, we have elections in 2022 coming up and there are quite a bit of people up for re-election. And theoretically, we could, you know, get control of the House and the Senate, but mm-hmm. there still won't be <laughs> any accountability. So it's a kind of a bad situation. I, I just don't it see is. how this, you know, I don't see how how people can think that they're going to be treated fairly anymore. No, they don't. And the political side of the aisle who is supposed to defend us, 
and even some of these civil rights organizations, but they're they're nowhere. Well, just like they were, where were where was the ACLU or anyone defending Carter Page when every single right of his was stripped away and he was surveilled for no reason for over a year and his life almost destroyed? They never spoke out in front of in defense of someone like him. So they're certainly where not going to speak out for the cowboy for Trump guy. I mean, they want well, this to happen. They're applauding where it. They are our civil rights friends. I don't know. Where are all of our civil liberties groups that, where's you know, your where boyfriend? Where's this? I know. Yeah. <clears throat> where's the think piece for, on ProPublica about the, uh, you know, the, the innocence project or, uh, well, I mean, that's for murderers, but, you know, people whose job, you know, whose purpose of their group is to stand up against abuse of law enforcement against innocent people. Well, not yeah. so much. Nope. So if you nowhere. think that any of these people are doing what they say out of for a real belief, you know, and a real effort to make sure that the authority and the power and trust that is given to the authorities by the people of the United States is not abused. Let me just just, just <laughs> let me help you with that. Yeah. It's not true. Right. It's very much a partisan effort. And that's depressing. Um, <laughs> and you know what? End- end up in this dark plate. We always end up and that's the end of the story. You know, um, go bye. Have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to slit your wrists. Okay. See you Monday. <laughs> well, what can we end on a happy note? Anthony Fauci, people tuning him out that maybe that's a good one. I honestly, I haven't seen that guy's face in so long, but I, don't watch the mainstream media outlets that put him on a pedestal. So if I, I hear that he's still out there, like quacking like a duck on his, uh, you know, p- plans about two masks and don't be reckless and don't open things up and, you know, whatever. I mean, I what do you do you think history will judge him kindly or what? I don't know. I it depends on who's judging the history. If it's academics and scientists, of course they will because they're so invested in what he's doing. But um, yeah, no, he's. Uh, I think a lot of Americans. I think it was after the double mask thing, people were like, "Wait a second, this guy's full of shit," and maybe he's always been full of shit. Yeah. Um. I. I don't. I. I think people are tired of him, just like they're tired of the virus, and. Also, I think that we have more evidence now of states like South Dakota or Florida um, and some of these other states that never really locked down. You know, why why is everyone not dead in Florida already? Because Florida has been open for a while, pretty much pretty open um, and, you know, still doing better than New York or California. So um, I think also people are seeing that this isn't playing out the way we that Fauci predicted and so Mm -hmm. they're just not really listening to him anymore so talk to the hand Fauci exactly exactly well I'm checking before we sign off I am checking um Twitter it does it does not look like anything no any movement (laughs) not yet uh let's see it's early Julie I don't okay you're right well, I mean, it is past noon, the official inauguration time on March 4th. So who knows? Maybe it could have been there could getting... have been a secret inauguration like, <laughs> you know, that he was secretly inaugurated. Um, a, but a, I'm going to see. Accuse headquarters. Accuse. I wonder if um, I wonder where Trump is today. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, where is is he like on the golf course? You know, like. Is it, are there any pictures of him? Like, here's Trump. He's on the golf course. Like, he's putting his, his cabinet here. back together, Liz. Obviously. <laughs> Trust the right. plan. Trust the plan. Okay. Where we go one, we go all. Um, I think that's the Q slogan. I might have messed it up because I don't really know. Um, I probably just got us on a watch list. Thanks a lot. That. Um, anyway. Thank you so much for joining us for our weekly hour. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes. Happy hour with Julie and Liz. Leave us a five-star review. Last time I checked, we had like five stars and we had several, we had more than one review. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I know. I'm just like, so whoever I owe that money to, let me know. And I'll, I'll send it to you. But thank you again. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.